Hi, I'm Guy Kawasaki. I am the creator of the Remarkable People podcast, which is the second best podcast in the world. The first being Ash Roy's Productive Insights Podcast. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host. Ash Roy. Welcome back to the Productive Insights Podcast. My name is Ash Roy. I'm the host of the Productive Insights Podcast. And today's guest is the author of the new book, Risk Forward. Victoria Labam is a keynote performer and strategic performance coach who helps her clients transform their performance in business, on stage, on video, in meetings, and in life. Victoria works with C-suite executives and teams, helping them craft and deliver their messages with an unexpected twist that distinguishes their brand. Using skills that she's developed through 25 years of professional stage and screen performances, Victoria leverages her arts background to share her unique risk-forward methodology, a series of principles that have led to stunning results with individuals and organizations around the world. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Victoria Labam from victorialabam.com. And today, we're going to talk about her new book, Risk Forward, which will help you figure out your next steps in business. So welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to have you on the show. Victoria, we have a common friend, Julie Cairns, who was on episode 148 and 149. And we talked about mindset in that episode. We talked about the three steps to her $6 million turnaround, which was quite inspiring. And I'm sure this conversation is going to be as inspiring, if not more. So could you start by explaining to us the five myths of achievement and how (laughs) our listeners can navigate through the fog of unknowing using that five myths framework? Sure, sure. Well, I'll begin with the opening line of my book, which is some people in life know exactly what they want to achieve. This is a book for the rest of us. And so what I talk about in the book is this fog of not knowing, these periods in between when we are unclear about our next steps. And that can happen in the span of minutes. It can happen in the span of months. It can happen in the span of years. It is those periods when we are between clarity. And often, all of us in the entrepreneurial world and in life are finding ourselves with the pressure, like, what's your goal? What's your plan? Where do you want to be in one year, three years, five years? And while people try to say things like, go for your dreams and go for it, I have found that that actually holds people back. There's this weird dichotomy between all the pressure to be more, grow more, make more, and then what often is creating this angst within the market of people not sure of their next steps. And what happened is, as I was going around the planet, working with different leaders, C-suite executives and companies like Starbucks, Microsoft, PayPal, working with entrepreneurs and people appearing on Oprah stage or TED or PBS, all these top people with multi-million dollar businesses, I found there's this disconnect between how they got to where they are and this goal, 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 clarity plan mentality. And so what I discovered is this truth, which is some of the most successful creative endeavors didn't start with complete clarity or a goal or a plan. They started with a wisp and a glimmer. And risking forward is all about how we follow that and how we can achieve extraordinary success, even if we don't know exactly where we're going. 
And so the book is set up as a series of principles. You can read them in any order. The book goes from front to back, but you can pick it up and just read a chapter. The chapters are super short, like a half a page, two pages. And you can just dive in, dive out, and go back again and again. And so later in the book, I talk about these myths of achievement. And I've sort of hinted at what they are, but you get the idea. Uh, I won't give them all away, but for example, one of them is the myth of goals, you know? I had a interesting conversation with James Clear in episode 175. We talked about his book, Atomic Habits. And something that I took away from that conversation was that, yes, as a society, we tend to be very goal-focused. And often that is at the expense of taking action. And what I mean by that is we get obsessed with the goals and then we get paralyzed in our day-to-day action-taking, as it were. So something that I think that is worth doing and In my membership program, we had a planning session. We do that at the start of every year. And what we did is we mapped our goals for the year, but then we mapped those goals to habits. And then we made a commitment to focus on living in the habits rather than living in the goals, which by definition are fleeting. So if you spend your time in each present moment and focus on the habits and the process, then the goals will take care of themselves to some degree. Would you agree with that? I absolutely would agree with that. And I love that you're doing that. And the key and part of what I address in Risk Forward, the book, is that we have to just make sure that those goals are really ours. Because often what happens in a lot of different societies, in every society, whatever your industry, you know, whether you're a teenager and you're looking around at what your peers are doing, or whether you're a financial advisor or someone in the entrepreneurial space or the art space, we tend to adopt each other's goals as our own. And there's this thing of goal contagion where everyone starts to sound the same and what they want is the same. And that's a dangerous proposition because we end up going for things that don't really come from within and make us happy. Yeah. You know, I've watched the Steve Jobs Stanford address many times and I've written a very long blog post about it on my website. I had a personal tragedy that led me to revisit my goals in around 2012, which is what led to me starting Productive Insights. And I was chasing somebody else's dream. I was following the corporate dream, but I was feeling dead inside and unfulfilled. And I know you talk about this in your TED Talk, and I completely related to what you what you had to say in that conversation. I think it's important to listen carefully to what Jobs says. He said, don't spend your life chasing someone else's dream. Really be sure that you are following something that is meaningful to you. He often asked himself the question, if today is the last day of my life, would I do what I'm about to do today? And if the answer was no for too many days in a row, he knew he had to change something. I don't think that means he lived every day like it was the last day of his life. That would be pure hedonism. But I think it's a good filter to use, to ask yourself, what do I really want to do in this world? Or as Seth Godin said in episode 200, we talked about dancing with fear. And I think Risk Forward is talking along similar lines. Would you agree? It's about following the whisper and following it through a little bit further down to see where that leads. As you say, the idea that leads to the idea. You need to focus on the idea that leads to the idea because that germinating idea might be the pivotal thing. 
Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the distinction I make in Risk Forward is, bear in mind, this comes from working with thousands of people, literally speaking to thousands of people, working with hundreds of top-level entrepreneurs, one-on-one in small group sessions, being in masterminds, attending conferences. So this is material that I've learned, I've studied, and I've seen. And ultimately, there are actually a lot of people out there who aren't really sure what they want to do. And what I'm talking about in the book is, you know, we might not know the change we want to make. We might not know what the big vision is, and that's okay. And part of what the book does is help you find your way, even if that clear picture has not yet arrived. And so there's a sequence of words. There's a section where I talk about something called the inner current. And you think of that inner current like a river, like the blood in your veins, like the life force that rises through a tree. It's this energy that's in all of us. And there are two sets of words, one that shows you when you know you're on your inner current and when you know you're off it. And, you know, you said the word dead inside a moment ago, and that's that's definitely one where you know you're off it. And the trick is sometimes on the outside, it can look good and you actually think it's what you want. But for some reason, it's not feeling right. And ultimately, the extraordinary part of risking forward is when we follow that inner current, what we create is beyond what we could have imagined. I want to ask a slightly contrarian question. The me, 15 years ago, before I decided to follow that whisper, the listen to the inner current, would say, that's crazy. What if it doesn't work out? What if you take the leap and there is no net? What do people who are listening or watching this conversation on YouTube How did they deal with that question? Yeah, it's an excellent question. And what I say is one of three things will happen when you risk forward. And before I share what those are, I want to just clarify that by risking forward, I don't necessarily mean quit your job and sell your house and put all your money in Bitcoin or move to another country. Or I'm not talking about these gigantic life changes, although it certainly could be that. Um, It's really more what I would call a micro risk. You know, these are small creative expressions, ideas, because that, as I say in my TED Talk in the book, and as you quoted, it's the idea that can lead to the idea. And so one of three things will happen when you take these micro risks. Either you'll discover it actually is working out, like this is leading to something else, number one. Number two, you realize it's not really what it is. It's the thing that then shows you the next step. So you might go forward in one direction And then I call this in the book, the crimson star. It's the thing that pulls you forward. But when you take the step in that direction, then actually you can see around the corner. But you couldn't have seen around the corner until you took that step. So it shows you where you're actually meant to go. Or it doesn't really work out, but at least you don't regret it. So for me, for example, years ago, I thought maybe stand-up comedy was my path. I was a performing artist. I'd done music. I'd done writing, character work, comedy work, filmmaking. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe comedy's my path. And I went for it. And I spent a couple years in it. And I discovered it really wasn't my path. But I'm so glad I did it because I always would have wondered. And ultimately, they say at the end of life, the number one regret of the dying, the number one regret of the dying is that they didn't take more risks. They didn't do life on their own terms. And so you don't want to die with that. You want to kind of go for those. And for people who have kids, two things there. Number one, 
your kids are dying for you to be lit up. Like they don't care how many followers you have. They don't care how much money you make. All the things that entrepreneurs worry about and business people, they don't worry about your status. They just want to see you lit up and have you there for them. That's the number one thing they're thinking about. But for you, it's like, what a cool thing to, sh- to let your kid also do that. Like I always see parents coming to me because of my background in the arts and they say, my kid wants to be a musician or my kid wants to be an actor. What should I tell them? It's so unstable. And I go, you have to let them because if you don't, they will resent you for the rest of your life, their life. And number two, who's to say where it's going to take them? Who's to say? Like when I went to study mime with Marcel Marceau, the great French mime, who would have thought I would be using that when I talk about insurance and sales, I use it as a metaphor, as an analogy, when I teach from the keynote platform. So go figure, right? Yeah. Or when Steve Jobs dropped out of Reed, he would drop into the calligraphy classes because that appealed to him. But who would have thought that would become one of the core things that the Mac had to offer that was different to the rest of the computing world at the time? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, something else that came up for me when you were talking about that was the word vantage points. So when you risk forward, you arrive at a new vantage point, which then gives you a different perspective because the landscape is different. And taking that first step is what is essential to be able to see the new landscape to then make other decisions. So I thought that was important. I also want to say that there is a certain amount of risk in not taking risks in living a very protected and insular life. Steve Jobs talked about the importance of having a mixed bag of experiences. And that is what he believed led to his capacity to innovate and to do groundbreaking work. So I think that's an important thing for people listening or watching to consider. And that is the path of safety, the beaten path does have some risks. They're just not as apparent. Right. Totally. And this whole idea, your word mixed bag, it's something I actually speak to in the book. I call it the prism effect. And I have here, for example, a prism. So for anyone watching on YouTube or in the portal, I'm holding up an actual prism. If you're just listening, I'm holding up a a crystal prism, like a triangular pyramid shaped prism. And if you think of yourself like this, that inside of you is that white light. Now, what makes light so bright is actually the combination of all colors. Like when you take light and you split it through a prism, it refracts, it bends. And through that refraction, our eyes see color. And what this means for each of us is that that, to your point, mixed bag, what I call the prism effect, the range of different disparate talents, interests that you have is actually what makes you bright. And often what happens in different industries is we start shaving off parts of who we are to fit into a mold. So for example, there's an online marketer named Ryan Levesque, whom you may know, he runs a program called the Ask Method. He's a client, he's a good friend. And he'd come to me and he was teaching online marketing. And I said, well, what's an outside passion you have, Ryan, that you love? And let's see if we can weave it into your work. And he said, well, I, I love Lego. You know, I play Lego with my kids. And I said, well, let's bring it into the ask method. And at first he said, no, I don't want to do that. And, you know, he was a little sensitive. He thought it might make him not seem serious, but he trusted me. He risked 
forward and he started to bring it in. And I said, you know, you can use it as an analogy. You can use it as a prop. You can use it as a client gift. He now has it as his stage set at his events and it's completely distinguished his brand. It lights him up. It's fun. It's distinct. And so for each of you listening, and there are other ideas and examples in the book, Risk Forward, you have that potential. And what happens is we hide it because we think, oh, it's different. I don't want to be weird. But, you know, I sometimes say the weirder, the better. You know, it makes you different. Who would have thought back to the mime example that I'd be using that? And there are so many clients I've brought through my programs who have done extraordinary things in the smallest of ways, but you can micro test it out. And it's so fun. People are like, oh my God, I didn't think I could bring this part of myself into this other piece of my work. And they have such a blast. So there's huge potential there. I know Ryan, he's been on episode 26, he talked about the Ask Method and then he came back later on and he talked about Choose as well. I've heard him speak, I've seen him speak at events and yes, he does talk about Lego. So congratulations yeah. on incorporating that creative abrasion. I remember we, we studied this thing in, in the MBA, it was called creative abrasion. It was used in the context of forming groups and working with groups to arrive at new insights. I also think you can do that with combining apparently disparate ideas. Right, so, right. And Ryan had come through, I have two parts to my business. One of them is called Risk Forward, which is this book. And I also have a whole uh, program called Rock the Room, which is the teaching of the presentation on camera. And that's where Ryan had first come through this whole experience. But risking forward is at the basis of everything that I teach, because it's really about, as it says in the subtitle of the book, embracing the unknown and unlocking your hidden genius. So it's about stepping into a place where no one's been before because you're not following the path of everyone else. You're saying, how can I do it differently in my own unique way? And that takes stepping into the unknown because there's no path forward yet. And you make it yourself. And in that way, you unlock this brilliance and hidden genius within you. A key to that is learning to dance with fear. Seth Godin talks about that a lot. And I really love that phrase because it's kind of like Aikido where you're using the opponent's strength in a way that is advantageous to you. It's kind of harnessing what appears to be something that is an adversarial force. Risking forward sounds like it's very akin to that. Now, Victoria, your book is very different. It's very unique. And something Guy Kawasaki talks about is the importance of uniqueness and being valuable. And that that is an important combination. Could you show us, just for our viewers, what your book looks like and why it is so unique and why it will help us to get breakthroughs quickly and meaningfully. Yeah, I love that question. So I'm going to hold up the book here. Uh, For anyone who is not watching this, you can see it later. Go to riskforward.com and you'll be able to see it there. But this is what it looks like. So it's very small. It's full spectrum. You can see we we printed it in full color. It's a hardcover, beautifully designed book. And I'm flipping through it. You can see all the colors. And every page is different. So some pages have just a few words on them. Some pages have the text going in different directions. Some pages have images. Some pages have little uh, charts or little sequences like this. So you just never know. It's meant to stimulate the imagination. And for someone like me who gets a little overwhelmed with a lot of words on the page, like I look at that and my head kind of spins, I thought, I want a book with that's fun to look at, like where every page 
page is a little different. The chapters are super short, like they're half a page or two to three pages. They're really easy. You can dip in, you can dip out. As I said, I just wanted to make a book that was accessible, whimsical, but still profound, useful, so that you could return to it a year later. People are saying they're buying them in multiples. People are saying I'm keeping them by my bedside because I want to come back to it. So it's written in this kind of guidebook fashion. But I'm finding people that are 23. I have an assistant. She's 23. She said every college kid should read this because it's, you know, when you come out of college, there's all that pressure to know what you're doing. And then I have someone who's in his 80s who's at that phase in his life where he's like, I don't know exactly how I want to use the last phase of my years on earth. So this is helping him because it's all about really doing what's true for you. And then everyone in between especially the entrepreneurs and people who run their own lives, but also financial advisors. I did a session the other day for therapists who are like entrepreneurs because they each run their own practice and they have to distinguish their work from others. So it's really for anyone who's looking for their next step to bring out their own style in work and in life. Wonderful. Victoria, can you tell us about the five myths of achievement? Oh, yeah. So you started there and I'm come, you're, you're like coming back. You're like not going to let that go, are you? <laughs> well, I'm keen to understand what they are. It intrigues me. Well, I'll give you the quick overview, but I won't go too much into them because that would take some time. But there's the myth of goals, the myth of speed, the myth of followers, the myth of focus, and the myth of purpose. Well, the myth of goals for me is we do tend to get quite goal-obsessed at the expense of enjoying the journey. And we touched on that at the start of this conversation. So I think that in itself is a very important, the whole approach to productivity that has happened after the industrial revolution has come with a lot of costs. And we've become a little bit too goal focused, in my opinion. I'm not saying goals are not important. They absolutely are. You need direction, you need goals. But you also need to think about how you achieve those goals. It's not just about achieving the goals. It's about what are you doing in the process? Are you laying waste to the landscape because you want to achieve this goal? What is the collateral damage that your goals are causing? We need to be a little bit more mindful about how we approach our goals in the context of the rest of the world. Yeah. And I love that. And there are a couple of things I would add to that. One is that if we each think back, and you know, I'm sure this is true for you, Ash, and I know it's true for everyone I've asked. If you think back to some of the most exciting and meaningful experiences of your life, how many of those were the result of goals? Right. And yeah, That's a great and, question, actually, Victoria. Right. I hadn't it's, thought about that. Right. It's in the book. And and one of the other pieces I'd add to that is the challenge with goals. And again, I'm all for goals. I have goals around the book. I have goals around other aspects of my life. But the challenge is when we are too myopic in our focus, we miss other opportunities. And so an example, you know, for my clients, one woman, for example, she came to me because she had been launching and running her online business and she was making a lot of money and there was a lot of pressure to keep going and launching and you know go for the goal and she came to me and she said I need to I need your help to risk forward because what I want to do right now is actually take a break I just want to go out into nature I just but there's so much pressure to keep going and building and so she came in as a VIP client we looked at how to structure that time and it was a game changer for her 
So part of what happens for all of us is our successes, our past and the goals and the track that we're on can actually get in the way. So another client came to me, I hosted a risk forward special experience group, we have them going on and he came and we were doing this was in the days of live events. 12 entrepreneurs in the room. He'd been a very successful speaker. His name's Blake Fly. He'd been on stage with his guitar and done these cool experiences. I'd coached him through my Rock the Room program. He came into Risk Forward and he said, you know, I have this idea. He came literally, you know, pulled me aside before that morning started. And he said, I I have this idea. It's not fully formed yet, but it's this concept of a on online co-working community, but I, I don't really have a vision for where it's going to go. It's just this idea that I have. And I said, I think it's terrific. Share it, you know, put it out there, risk forward. So he presented it to the group that morning and our jaws dropped. It was so brilliant. This is before COVID. So, you know, the yeah. online co-working, but it turned into tens of thousands of dollars for him in this huge success. And it spawned other similar programs for him. So who would have thought, right? It wasn't a goal. It wasn't a plan. It didn't build on his past. It was just this new idea that he had. And so this is what risking forward is. It's like following that idea and had this woman who'd come to me not taken that break or had Blake not done that risk forward, who knows what would have happened. So, you know, we never know. There's a story I tell in the book about how Blue Man Group, the international performance started. Chris Wink, one of the founders, is a good friend of mine, and I won't reveal the whole story, but it was just a risk forward. He had no goal with it. It was just a whimsy of an idea, and it's a great story of how something tiny, this one little choice he made, decision, led to this incredible outcome. You know, my friend Glenn Morshauer, who acts as Aaron Pierce in the series 24, talks about the whisper and the importance of listening to the whisper, and I think that is so true. Some of the most important things that have happened in my life, now that you mention it, is because I listen to the whisper. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm the upholder of, you know, people's souls. Um, I'm here to relieve the suffering and the angst that I think so many have that they're not doing enough. Like this whole pressure to fulfill your potential and go for your dreams and go for your goals. Like that's fantastic. But boy, for anyone out there listening who thinks you might be falling short, this book is for you honestly. And people who feel like they're achieving a lot are going, can I look at that? Because they're like, I just want to make sure I'm on the right track here. So it's special. It's an experience. It's a cinematic book. We're hoping that people don't reveal, like start revealing too much about it because we want everyone to have, like when you go to a movie, you want them to go through the experience themselves. Uh, There's some real surprises in the pages and they're carefully mapped out so that you have that aha. Uh, Very special. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I'm thinking back to when I was a miserable analyst working in the corporate world in banking and finance and telecommunications. I had done my CPA. I did an MBA. I got a distinction average, but none of it was fulfilling. If I presented this book, Risk Forward, to that guy who Mm. was sitting there thinking, well, I need to still pay my bills. I still need to fulfill my responsibilities in this world but I still want to live a life that is of meaning and significance, which clearly wasn't happening for me in my day job. I was good at my job, but it just wasn't fulfilled. Would this book be a good thing for that person? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it would have helped you, you know, who knows what choices you would have made differently, but it would have set your mind at ease. 
and it would have given you what many people are saying after reading it, permission. Yes, permission. We don't give ourselves permission. We are raised like these automatons. The whole education system we have is so structured. I mean, I've got nothing against education, but we have such a structured approach to learning and it is so myopic, so narrow that we almost inhibit ourselves from learning broadly. We just kind of have these blinkers when we learn. So give yourself permission to make mistakes, to learn from life. I'm not saying don't learn from books. Please read as many books as you want to, but learn from life, learn from your environment, learn from your friends, your mistakes. Right. And see what comes up. One of my greatest love testimonials that's come in, and we've had some amazing responses from the CMO of Coca-Cola to Ken Blanchard to a man named Alan Zweibel, who's one of the original Saturday Night Live writers. I mean, all these people who are responding to the book for different reasons. One came from a woman named Journey Gunderson, who runs a museum. And she said, I want my daughter to read this. And she's only one and a half. (laughs) (laughs) And it was that sense of, I think it's parents who who, a lot of people are saying, I have to give this to my kids, because I think it's that protective feeling of, I want them to be who they are and have that permission and not feel that angst and that pressure, but to listen to their best ideas and follow them, even if they don't know what's going to happen. Your book talks about why decisiveness can be overrated and taking action can be a mistake. And you mentioned that uncertainty is not the enemy, but rather a potential asset. So can you talk to that and how you think our listeners can harness uncertainty as an asset to grow their businesses? Sure. Two things on that. Number one, we're in a phase of uncertainty in the world right now. Everyone's talking about, oh, how do we get out of this? And it's so terrible. And we've always been in a phase of uncertainty. People just weren't awake to it. I watched 9-11 from my windows in lower Manhattan. You know, that can happen. My mother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer two days later. My mother, who was the yoga, chamomile, tea-drinking, relaxed woman, who would have thought she'd end up with pancreatic cancer? So we've always been in a state, and everyone listening to this has an example where suddenly the rug was pulled out from underneath them. The spouse says they want a divorce. You know, the kid is now in jail. They've lost their job. The market crashed, someone stole money from them, an employee turned on them. We've all had that kind of uncertainty happen. So COVID has taught us that it's always been there. We just are looking at it full on right now. So I believe that uncertainty has great potential for us because when we're in that fog, that not knowing phase, that period is fertile and it's full of promise. And if we can meet that void without grasping for the most convenient way out, If we can find our way forward by not saying, oh, I'm just going to do that project because everyone else in my industry kind of does that type of business model, or I'm not going to just go for that relationship because it's the most convenient or settle on this place to rent because I'm tired of looking and I'm just going to go. It's how do we sustain ourselves and have the courage to stay in that not knowing and keep looking for the right choice because we don't like that as a society. We like, we want to settle. We want to identify. We want to land. But if we can hold out and it takes tenacity, it takes courage, then we can meet with extraordinary results. So that's where the not knowing has potential and where indecisiveness has potential. There's a whole graph in the book called the iceberg of indecision. 
And growing up as a kid, I was really indecisive and it's something that I still find myself in. But what I've learned is that actually there's wisdom in indecision because there's a reason you're indecisive. And if we ignore it and we feel the pressure just to make the decision, because somehow we're told that good leaders make decisions quickly, which is complete BS. There's this myth that people make decisions quickly if they're successful. Every CEO I've talked to and I've worked with the top, they make the decision up on the surface quickly, but it's after some due diligence and thought underneath. So I reveal different reasons you might be indecisive. I reveal in the book different questions to ask yourself if you're indecisive. But the main element is that we need to embrace it and not ignore it and try to get out of it as quickly as possible. What are the four questions our listeners can ask to help them find their way? That's a good one. Well, I'll give you one. Again, it's like there's so much in the book. It's very slim. So anyone who's thinking this must be packed, this book is 150 pages. Some pages have literally two words on them, but it moves very, very quickly. And you can read the whole book in 90 minutes. And yet, like there's a lot in here. So one of them is a section called the four questions. And these are four questions to help you reconnect with that inner current. Uh, and I'll just give you the first one. That's all I'll give you uh, for now, because I don't want to blow it. Like, this is like, oh, I don't even want to tell you this one. Cause it's just like, it's so good. And it's so special. Like it's like going into the middle of a movie. It's like, oh, I didn't want to know that scene yet. I don't want to know he kisses the girl in act two. So like, this is a little bit of showing that he might kiss the girl, but here's one of the questions. And it came from a workshop I took years ago with a fabulous person who, like me, had done a lot of different types of arts. He was a choreographer, a director, writer, an author, a children's book uh, illustrator. And he had us all sit around in a circle on day one. And, you know, we've all been to those events where we meet new people and we all have to introduce ourselves and what's your 30-second elevator pitch and how do you define yourself and everyone stresses out and how do I, you know, explain who I am in 30 seconds and which credits do I mention and all that. He wiped it all out and he just said, don't tell us what you've done. Tell us what interests you now. Right. And it was awesome. One by one, we went around the room, and all we could say is, I'm interested in. And that's all we knew of each other. So imagine the next time you go to some kind of a business group, and I do this in my workshops, it's part of the core proprietary system that I have around, we ask each other, what interests you now? And that's all people know. It could be like, I'm interested in exploring the combination of this and that. You know, I had one woman in one of my workshops, she said, you know, I'm, I'm a mover and a dancer. I lost someone very close to me, and I'm interested in the connection between movement and grief. And that's all. And someone said, I'm interested in doing something with colors and with internet marketing, but I'm not sure what it's, that's all they knew. And everyone in the room, all you're allowed to say was cool. Not, oh, have you talked about this? Or have you read such and such a book? Or my friend does something like that? Because all of a sudden, that input, that book, that friend, that have you looked at that website, it screws our vision up. Hmm. So all people are allowed to say is cool. And that person then follows it and they see where it leads from the inside out, their own hidden genius. And oh my goodness, the brilliance that comes out of people and the creativity and the ingenuity and the innovation, because they're just following what interests them now is phenomenal. And they're so excited. They're like, oh, I'm doing what interests me now. Not like what I thought I should do. Not what I thought was going to make me money. Not what everyone else told me I should. But it's like, what interests me? And that is the hidden genius. That's such a good question. What interests you right now? I will think about that 
And I would like to invite everyone watching or listening to think about that and ask themselves that question. There are three others that are equally amazing here. So they're all prompts to get you back on the inner current. Where can our listeners and viewers go to get a copy of the book? Go to riskforward.com forward slash book. And when you go there, riskforward.com forward slash book, if you're listening to this before March 16th, we have bonuses that are awesome that you get for ordering the book early. Some people are ordering, as I said, a group of books, which I recommend because you're going to pay for shipping anyway. So get a few extras because it's pretty special. People are like, I want to give it to my sister and my kid. I want to give it to my brother and my colleague. So uh, we have these amazing bonuses there that will go away. But if you get it after the 16th, we'll also have a resources page in the book where you get other types of very special gifts. So either way, we got you covered. Is it available to people all over the world? Yeah, that's a great question. So what we did on that page, riskforward.com forward slash book, is we found a provider who gave us a discount on the book and then adds a shipping cost in. So you have a one-stop shop, you get a bunch of money off the book, and then there's like a minor shipping fee. So it's definitely the place to go. I really would love it if you went through that link because it just takes away all the frost. People emailing us and asking, it's so easy. Riskforward.com forward slash book. We have an international button there and we okay. got you taken care of. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes of this episode. And if you're watching or listening, you can access all the show notes at productiveinsights.com forward slash 208. And we'll also link to Victoria's website, which is victorialabam.com. That's Victoria, L-A-B-A-L-M-E.com. Is that right, Victoria? You got it. Once again, the web address for the book is riskforward.com forward slash book. Thank you so much for being on the show, Victoria. Is there anything else you would like to add before we say goodbye? I think I'll just end with a, a line that I feel very strongly about, which is for everyone listening, at the edge of not knowing, whenever you're in a place of not knowing, at the edge of that is the beginning of the extraordinary. So embrace wow. it because you're in for an awesome ride. At the edge of not knowing is the beginning of the extraordinary. Thank you. That's profound. And thank you for those parting words. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. Thank you for being on. It's been an honor.